select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. going on everybody welcome back to the turn the jets pod and draft season collaboration weekend uh you know weekend edition we are recording 115 here on saturday the jets have wrapped up their draft um they're holding the press conference right now so seems like we uh seems like we're good to go obviously we talked after day one we were really excited about what the jets have done um they've now finalized the draft class of Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, Jeremy Ruckert, Max Mitchell, and Michael Clemens, um, you know, as their seven guys. Joe Douglas was aggressive. Joe, James, Meeks, how, uh, how are we feeling? Meeks, I'll go to you first. I mean, I really don't think you can have many complaints about this draft. Even the past two days, I really think that, you know, they targeted guys that they wanted. I think they got a lot of value. I think the coolest thing about this draft is you could – very easily make an argument that the Jets got the best corner, the best receiver, the best running back, and the best tight end in the entire draft. And they, I wouldn't say they didn't reach on a single pick. So I think you really have to be happy about that. Joe, we'll go to you next. Honestly, I feel like I'm dreaming. This for me is an A draft, maybe an A-plus draft. My wife actually told me that I was smiling in my sleep. This is a true story. So there was obviously dreams going on even at that point. And Listen, I feel like this is maybe perhaps the best draft I've ever witnessed. I mean, the only one I could remember that is kind of that rivals this is going back to 2000 when we took John Abraham, Sean Ellis, Chad Pennington, Anthony Beck, the Lavernius Coles. I mean, I can't think of any other draft that makes me feel the kind of vibes that this one is. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I think this is the happiest I've been as a Jets fan in a very long time. I think Joe Douglas completely knocked it out of the park. And I'm curious what you guys think. Do you, do you remember another time where you were this happy about a particular draft class? I mean, Leonard Williams, Devin Smith was pretty cool now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, how are we feeling? I'm feeling good. I mean, I feel like Meigs and, and Joe put it really well. There's a lot of reason for optimism with this draft. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm of the opinion this is one of those drafts where not having to draft a quarterback at least for now, um, makes the draft a lot more exciting as a fan to cover it, to prepare for it, because you actually get to watch the fun people. And um, the Jets did exactly what I wanted and be aggressive, get four or five really good players as opposed to prioritizing 12 or 13 guys that could be on the roster. Um, they've done that in the past. The last two drafts, if they could, if they do really get seven to eight, maybe nine starters out of this, these two combined classes, if you can fill half your team with homegrown talents, you know, and supplant it or, you know, kind of build around them with free agencies and trades and stuff like that's, that's the way you build something sustainable long-term and short-term. And um, I thought pretty much everyone they got, especially on day one and two was good value, good value, or actually better value. Ruckert had no business going that late in the draft. Brees Hall should have been a first round pick. In my opinion, he was the one running back. I felt good about the jets obviously felt that way too. Right. I mean, the, no one really talked about it yesterday because we were excited, but like Joe Douglas tried to have four first round picks and like very smart by him, by the way, I know James is not high on drafting running backs, but I actually think he's better value at 32 because you have a fifth year option on cheap money, um, you know, theoretically. So um, I love the Rucker pick. Yes. It's like, it just, it's, he's living out my uh, life dream. I joked to my fiance, like 
brother plays at Corlin. He's a New York kid, Jets fan, like plays tight end, basically stole my life, but it's okay. We'll be, we'll get over it. I guess let's get into day two a little bit because we covered day one uh, pretty extensively, obviously, you know, yesterday, Joe, I'll start with you. You're a big Brees Hall guy. What was your, did you think the Jets, did you like the value for where they picked him a, and how do you think he fits in this offense? I know you guys have talked a little bit about it on the pod before. Well, you know, just yesterday I said that that would be kind of the dream scenario from years taking Brees Hall. When I saw the Jets move up and leap frog Houston, I was sitting here in my living room and I said to my wife, I was like, dude, are they moving up for Brees Hall? I'm like, is this, is this really happening? And when they announced it, I literally jumped up. So I've never jumped that high. I haven't jumped up that high in years. I know people listening don't know exactly how old I am. I'm a little older than everybody on the pod here, but like, you know, I might need to do some, you know, physical therapy after that particular leap. But seriously, dude, I can't express how happy I am. This is a Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook type of second round pick. And just like you said, I would have had no issue with them moving up into the first round to get him. Just for that fifth year option, I think that's an even better like spot to do that when it comes to running back. So you don't have to kind of like pay them that second contract. Right. Cause a lot of people like to rinse and repeat, but listen, I'm happy because I know this coaching staff knew this offense wasn't going anywhere without a dominant running game. And they pulled the trigger on a guy, like I said, yesterday, who could be a top five running back in this league. And especially in a system that he's perfect for this guy is an outside zone extraordinaire and he's going to absolutely eat. I mean, absolutely eat in this offense and ultimately help Zach Wilson grow. And, and that's what this pick is all about, right? Protecting your young quarterback. This offense with the addition of Tomlinson, Garrett Wilson, and now Brees Hall is something, listen, we all have to get excited about. This is what we've all been waiting for. And, and listen, I'm, I'm really feeling kind of emotional about it. I really am. When Robert Salam, Salah, and I'm sure you guys remember, said to Zach Wilson at the draft, we're here to support you, not the other way around. Well, this is exactly what he meant. They're giving this kid every single opportunity to develop. and that should have us all feeling some, some very hopeful. I know I am at the very least. And this was a home run pick. And when I look at like what Hall and Carter could do for this offense, they're, when they're starting to run the ball down people's throat, they're going to be forcing people into single coverage. They're going to have a lot of nice one-on-one situations on the outside for the wide receivers. And it's going to completely open up that passing game and specifically that play action pass. And Zach Wilson is going to thrive. I mean, he, it's, he gonna no be, it's going to be so good. Go ahead, yeah. No, he has no choice, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, we've all talked about this, whether it's texting individually, texting as a group. Um, this draft and this offseason was about give there, – there cannot be any excuse for Zach Wilson. He's either got it or he doesn't. Um, Pierre Strong of the Patriots is not fun. Um, Oof, do not like it, that. Do not like that. And then the other pick I was just going to highlight, love Jake Ferguson, um, you know, here to Dallas, I think. You know, in that offense, he's a really good – him and Dalton Schultz is a nice pairing. Meigs, Brees Hall, Jeremy Ruckert, you know, you're a Long Island guy. How, uh, how are you feeling about the two picks? I mean, I was just laughing. I actually texted one of my buddies uh, the thing the Jets put on their Instagram about Jeremy Ruckert in his backyard, and that was the That's most – every Long backyard Long Island. Backyard of all time. I'm like, <laughs> I have ran out of this backyard. I drank in the dark in this backyard. Like, like they all look the same. So, it's really cool having a local guy given that our last Long Island product was GVR and Jeremy Ruckert has so much more good vibes than uh, GVR does. But going back to Brees Hall, like the Jets got like Kareem Hunt. Like that's who I see when I watch Brees Hall play. It's a three down back. He's a great receiver. 
he runs like this is a guy who can get 1200 yards in this offense. I know back in one of our earlier pods when we had Connor Rogers on that Connor made the point that like, you know, they're building this car and they really don't have anyone to drive it. Like Michael Carter is a good player, but he's not a guy who can have like 200 touches a season. I just don't think his body can hold up. And then you look at Brees Hall, who's just rocked up, has the full body, has everything. And I just think he's going to be a stud. And I really think he could threaten it for the rushing title in year one. <laughs> Friend of the show, Raj, just tweeted, CJ Stroud tweeted, Jeremy Rucker, biggest steal of the draft. And he tweeted, <laughs> he did, tweeted, hopefully you'll be playing with him soon next year. Yeah, Meeks already has his eye on him right now. Dude, dude if they get CJ Stroud in this offense, the Jets are winning like the 2024 Super Bowl. I'm calling it now. <laughs> James, uh, you know, a lot of bit, we got a couple big 10 guys. Um, you know, how, uh, how'd you kind of evaluate day two overall? Yeah, I thought it was good. I, um, I mean, look, like in the context of what they're doing, it makes a lot of sense. Um, personally, like, you know, I'm not really a big fan of trading up, um, or doing it for running back, but that said, like the whole point of this off season was we got to find out what Zach Wilson is and they're giving him the opportunity to succeed. Um, Hall can be a workhorse running back in this offense. And the thing that really stands out about him is his superpower is his vision. Like his vision is extremely, extremely good. And that's why you see all the Le'Veon Bell comps. Um, I wouldn't go that far because I think Bell probably has the best vision of any running back I've ever seen in my life. But like Paul has it all. And he can be, he could be a really good player in this offense. And we're going to see how good Zach Wilson really is. So. I mean, how good does Zach Wilson really have to be with this offense, this, with this offensive line, with this wide receiver room and this running back room? I mean, like he could just be Baker Mayfield and they have, they have a legit chance of potentially making the playoffs. You guys yeah, agree? I mean, 2020 Baker Mayfield, um, you know, should get you far enough that the Jets can at least be in a situation where it's like, again, like I, I think day two to me showed that Joe Douglas feels good about, he felt good about his vision of they rebuilt the offensive line over the last, really over the last three years, um, mostly the last two years or 20 or actually really 12 months, I guess. Um, not kind of just giving in to like, Oh, we added enough, right. The Conklin deal is really a glorified one year deal. Um, he's a nice player, but Rucker, I have said this. I think you guys have heard me rant about Jeremy Rucker. And it's not about, yes, it's cool. He's from Long Island and what his brother goes to Cortland. It's not about that. It's that he's six, five two fifty, and moves really well. And he's an effort blocker. And like, as much as Trey McBride is exciting, um, I've comped Dawson Knox and, and Jeremy Rucker just based on the fact that like they're way better than they're, they're going to be much better pros than they are in college. And if the Jets, the Jets have a top 10 tight end room in football from, from day one, you have three, you have two legitimate NFL tight ends who are at least average to above average. And you have a third guy that could be frankly better than all three or better than the other two um, tight end and cornerback room were probably two of the worst units in football. Right. And the Jets, <laughs> added DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, Conklin, Uzama, and Rucker to rooms that needed help badly. So, um, and we also saw you guys, I know I've talked about this a lot. Michael Carter was really good as a 1B in college. Really good. Him as a 1A in the NFL, we saw last year, he got hurt like twice. He got banged up and that's what happens. He's a smaller back. He runs, he's elusive. Now you have a Brees Hall and you can balance Michael Carter off of him. That's really nice. And then, you know, everyone's favorite, like, you know, a Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman as your three where he can come in four carries a game and he can use some speed. Like, that's where you want those guys. The Jets just have just put the guys that are on their roster in their, collect, their correct depth chart alignment where, like, 
Bryce Hall is a really good number three corner in the NFL. You could argue he's a good number two. He was not a one, and now he's actually in the right spot. You feel much better about him as a player. So um, do you guys – did you guys – were you surprised they went tight end, um, you know, on day two, just based on the way they signed guys, or you thought there was a good chance they could do that? No, me and Meigs actually talk specifically about bringing in a tight end who's a little bit more of a, of a, of a blocker who you could develop in the passing game, and Rucker fits that mold perfectly. This is exactly the kind of player we wanted them to pick up. You know, we talked about Daniel Bellinger and Kate Auden. I, I felt like – Ruckert probably wasn't going to be available when they were going to target tight end. I'm happy that they liked him enough to take him in the third round because I think he's definitely worthy of that spot. And I think I'm going to tell you, like in two years, he's going to be the best tight end in this, on this team. He's going to be the focal point of potentially of that offense when it comes to the tight end position. And I think he's going to make Zach Wilson better. Like, like all these, like all the other players they took from Garrett Wilson to Brees Hall and to Jeremy Ruckert. So yeah, I think this is definitely the kind of player that we envisioned they, they picked up. Right. Meeks. Yeah, no, you basically hit the nail on the head. I think the top of the fourth round, like, was where we were suggesting that Jeremy, like, the tight end they were going to take was going to be taken, like, you know, like within the past hour. And, you know, they got it done early. Jeremy Ruckert, I thought, was at least tight, at worst tight end two in this class. Um, I think for those who want to look at his production and say, like, just look at that Ohio State offense, like, Jameson Williams played at Alabama. But the 10th pick, the 11th pick, and the 12th pick were all Ohio State wide receivers. These were all guys ahead of Jeremy Ruckert, just in regards to, you know, mouse to feed. And the best receiver at the bunch might be the sophomore that isn't even draft eligible. And their running back is maybe the best college running back I've seen as a freshman in a very, very long time. So and I, that's why I love how you brought up Dawson Knox, who's a guy who wasn't as productive in college, but really started to blossom once he got more action in the pros. And I do see that for Ruckert, but the sun is shining. The Jets have an A minus draft. Let's let, 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 let's go all the way. Michael Flores got his George Kittle, and you're going to see that in three years. Facts. Anyway, just jumping off of what you said, Will, about people being in their proper depth chart alignment, I think part of what's so exciting about this weekend, like for me at least, is seeing this side-by-side side with the Baltimore Ravens draft. Because you see where the Jets could be a few years down the line when they have a solid foundation, and then they're just being so opportunistic in adding players, getting rid of some like below average players on their roster at exorbitant prices. Like you could really see where, and they start getting the comp pick thing rolling where they have six picks, you know, in the, in the end of the third round, like you could really see how this becomes like a sustainable thing. And obviously it's all dependent on the quarterback being serviceable, but I mean, as Joe said, how could you not be serviceable with this type of environment? So. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the Ravens, I was just about to tweet this while we were, the Ravens, Eagles, and Jets are my three favorite drafts, right? I mean, if you think about it, you got A.J. Brown for basically the 18th pick. Jordan Davis is a perfect player in that defense alongside uh, Cox and and those guys. You know, and then, and, I mean, the Ravens, <laughs> they got two of my top 10 players. I mean, it's just Travis Jones in the third round's a joke. I mean, that the Ravens probably the hardest game in the Jets schedule other than Buffalo, just based on how good of a draft they had. Um, it's really cool seeing the philosophies and it's not a surprise that the, all these guys came from the same philosophy of take best player available, be true to your board. I think, look at, at the end of the day, this draft class and like the Jets drafted Max Mitchell today. I think he's a nice swing tackle. He's a very good run blocker, more developmental, another senior bowl guy. Um, 95, you know, the highest run blocking grade according to PFF, uh, last year in college, take that for what you will, obviously. But, um, I don't know that he's the best scheme fit, but the Jets do need, did need help, um, you know, as a, a swing tackle, somebody that could potentially play, um, you know, and then 
the Clemens thing, I'll let Joe hit on a little bit just on, you know, watching him. But overall, the Jets come out, you know, they have good depth at tight end now. They have good depth at running back. They have good depth at corner. They have good depth. On, they have insane depth on defensive line. Receiver is good. The one thing I would have loved is to double up a receiver, but the Jets now have an opportunity where they can go and use a little bit of that extra cash they have. They can free up more money with some of the, the dead weight, uh, Greg Van Rotten and people like that to go make maybe make that one or two extra moves to go, you know, we can compete and win eight or nine games. I don't think it's crazy to say that this team's in, they're better than the Patriots on paper, full stop. And Miami probably has more top end talent, but the Jets middle of the roster is definitely better than Miami's. So like, I just don't think, I don't think they were, they're going to the year going, I hope we're good. I think they're going, we could be pretty good. I think that's the first time in a while we could say that um, draft grade wise, where would you guys kind of land? You know, is it, do you land it? And I went a, I'm going a minus. I think there's a couple guys I would have liked to see them address safety or linebacker today. Um, but I'm not going to complain about line scrimmage guys, you know, and again, the first two days were way too good for me to complain. Um, where would you guys go draft grade wise and anything you would have changed or, or wish they would have done? Uh, yeah. I'm, go yeah. Ahead, you want me? Jay, you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm more with Will. I think this is an A minus. I do think the one position I would have liked to have seen them address is linebacker. Um, it's like, you know, Quan Alexander's out there. If that's good for one year, it's like, I just don't think Quincy Williams should be penciled in as a starter at this point. I just don't see him as that kind of player. I did like some guys that were on the board at the end of day two. And then the beginning of day three that might still be on the board now. And who knows exactly if, like what they'll do with UDFAs and see if they can add someone. But, uh, yeah, I really, I really like this draft. I think they hit a lot of holes. I think you are leaving this draft and you're leaving free agency, where there's no ifs with Zach Wilson. It's he's good or he's not. And to be honest, if Zach Wilson isn't good and you have to pivot to the next disgruntled quarterback, um, this is a very attractive landing spot for anyone who wants to play. So I think the Jets are going to be in good hands. And I, I hope Zach Wilson, because I do like the person, is good enough to uh, be the star here. Yeah, just to pivot off what Meigs is saying, I fully kind of uh... – I'm on board with that whole, maybe they could have taken a linebacker, but we did also see them kind of get Quincy Williams off the scrap heap. Jamie Sherwood is coming back. And I think that Salah is really big on him. That guy Paz, he's probably one of the smartest people that I actually saw play on the field last year. His play speed is really nice. That athletic ability and mental processing is, is certainly there with Jamie Sherwood. I just think he needs the time and he got hurt, unfortunately, but I think that maybe we're going to see a little bit of a, of a, just um, him coming back and being strong on the field next year for us. Um, Clemens, I think, is a sneaky good pick, man. When I was watching um, Leal, DeMarvin Leal, specifically that Alabama game, there was this one player that stood out, and it was Michael Clemens. I was like, who is this dude? You know, he was literally the best player on the field that day. So for the Jets to get him here and for Joe Douglas to like him as much as he does, I'm feeling really good about it because when I watched him, I started say, saying to myself, could this guy be potentially like a day two pick? Like I did see that kind of potential in him. So I really like that. And I said it earlier, man, this is, this is an A draft. You know, this is a fantastic draft. You got the corner, you got the wide receiver, you got the edge, you got the running back who I loved. I, I wasn't certain it was going to happen, but it I, really tells me that Joe Douglas is doing everything he needs to do to protect Zach Wilson. And this offense, like I said, is predicated on running the ball, right? They need to run the ball if they're going to go anywhere, especially with Zach still developing. And Jeremy Ruckert, again, same kind of, kind of tight end Meigs and I were hoping they would target. And Dude, I'm ecstatic. This has been so, this has been such a good draft. You know, it's awesome doing this collaboration with you two, Will. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. 
And just because we have some really good things to talk about, this isn't like one of these drafts where you get together and we're like, oh my God, what was Joe Douglas doing? Like, why did he take James Morgan? Like, what was he thinking? You know, what's, what's going on with this pick? This is a pick where we're kind of taking a look at every single one of these picks and saying they make complete sense. And I love the Mitchell pick. He could be a swing tackle, good insurance policy for, for Mackay. I think he's a good scheme fit. You know, I, I watched a couple of games of him. I think that he needs to get a little stronger and he has a hard time dropping his anchor when people get into his chest, but I think he's going to get into an NFL strength and conditioning program. And I like him as a developmental guy in that range. So very happy with what they did. James, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't see how you could say this is not an A draft. Um, and this is coming as somebody who wouldn't have taken sauce at four, wouldn't have traded up for a running back and doesn't particularly care for the picks that we made on day three, but still like, first of all, look at half the teams in the NFL. Like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like the Arizona Cardinals just traded for like a fourth, like somebody who has the equivalent value of like a fourth or fifth round pick in Marquise Brown. And they traded a first round pick for him. And like the Patriots took Tyquan Thornton in the second round, who was like a consensus, like sixth or fifth round player. Like that's hilarious. Meanwhile, like you have teams that actually are run by adults, like the Jets. I can't believe I'm saying that who like actually draft good players. And so I think you have four potential top 30 players in this class that we drafted one really nice player in Jeremy Ruckert who will develop into a average to above average starter at tight end in the NFL and whatever else beyond that, like who even cares at this point? Like, I think it was an extremely strong draft and whatever individual like criticisms or nitpicking, like I may have, that is like, that is irrelevant to the fact that the Jets killed this. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned it as well. And I think Joe and Meeks, you both have mentioned this too. It's like, it's hard to not just leave for the Jets to leave the draft. They're still, you know, undrafted free agency does matter. And the Jets have actually been like one of the better teams. That was McCagney's specialty. Like that's honestly where he was like legitimately a really good GM. Um, and that's because that's the only thing he liked doing. So it's probably part of the problem. But, um, you know, the Jets can also, you bring in one or two good UDFAs, you partner that with a good class and, you start now to be stacking good draft classes together. Hopefully you stack a good free agency class. Hopefully you get something out of Corey. If you get anything out of Corey Davis and Carl Lawson this year and Sheldon Rankins, like now you could have potentially back-to-back years where you feel really good about your full off season. Um, yeah. Any criticisms like, look again, is we're taking a running back at 36, like a, a bit of a luxury for a Jets team and on paper. Yes. But like, in this system, no, like they need multiple backs. And why would you not just get talented backs that, you know, you can feel really good about? They, they drafted near term. They also, again, as I think Joe just mentioned, like you and James did too, like you, you're down the road. Okay. Like we don't need a tight end on day one right now, but we are going to need a tight end in two years. Why not let him develop and take him high upside swing or um, we don't need an edge rusher like on day one to start technically, but we need somebody that can, be the way we've run this scheme you do need four or five good edge rushers or else it doesn't work so um is there any pick that do any other teams around the league you guys i know james just kind of mentioned too that have had some had an interesting dress um to say the least i think i love what tennessee did they got they traded back they got more players um and i don't like the aj brown move obviously but in terms of day two like malik willis is going to take ryan Tannehill's job by week 10 and it's not even because malik's awesome it's just because like that offense would be kind of fun with Malik Willis and Derrick Henry running read option um, st- simply based on a, a watching factor. 
I guess instead of teams, is there any prospects you guys were surprised that fell or got taken so high? There was a couple of teams. James mentioned two of them. You know, I love Cole Strange. Pick 29 is wild. James, I, think, I mean, Meeks, we'll go to you. Uh, I think the guy who is still not drafted as the moment of this recording is still on the board is Khalil Shakir, a receiver I liked, a receiver I know Joe liked. Uh, James yelled at us for even thinking he should be allowed to play in the NFL, if I remember that podcast correctly. But uh, yeah, I don't. Some, there were some of these receivers that have just not come off the board have been surprising in that regard, and that's really why I would have liked just one more pick to be able to double dip like Will. I know you pointed to earlier because I don't know which veteran. Like I just really don't want to see Keelan Cole come back and be like Romeo Dubs to the five. Packers. I like that. That's a good. Pick. That's like Romeo Dubs. To the oh Packers. yeah, that's such a Packers receiver. I love that pick. That was sick. But uh, yeah, I guess they're really relying on eight percent body fat Denzel Mims. Oh, good. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Joe, we'll go to you. You know, I think, you know, who low-key kind of had a pretty good draft? I think Houston, you know, Stingley, Kenyon Green, Jalen Petrie, Mechie, right? Christian Harris. They Damian got your boy. Pierce. They got your boy, Damian Pierce. Yeah. He's the best you know? running back on that team, hands down. I think that's a really good landing spot for him, too. I think that he can, uh, if he's if his career is going to take off, well, it's kind of <laughs> funny saying if anybody's career is going to take off playing for the Texans, but if it's going to happen, I feel like that is a good spot for him. And of course, man, like Baltimore after the Jets is my favorite draft. Yeah. Did you see they got Charlie Kohler? Oh my God. They got Kohler too? Yeah. Sneaky good pick at tight end. Uh, Fantastic. Him and Mark Andrews? I mean, he is like a very good comp to Mark Andrews. That actually, if I was going to comp him to a player in the NFL, it probably would be Mark Andrews. I I know. All right. Am I preaching blasphemies, Meeks? I'm, you know. I think he's not that good. Like, bro, I I, I, I only get 70 call like random people, George Kittle. Yeah. But the fact they got Travis Jones that late, Dude, I mean, they're looking to build that 2000, like, Baltimore Ravens defense. Like, they're just going to be crushing people. Yeah. It's, like, really ridiculous. James, yeah, you I mentioned mean, a few. Yeah, I think, like, there are a lot of really obvious candidates. Um, I Okay, so I low-key like what the Bears did. I get that you have a young – So you don't believe in Justin Fields, just like, like Ryan Poles. Yeah, look, here, here's the thing. Like, let's say you get hired to be a GM and you've been working for this for 20 years – the rational approach is you throw any non any players that you're not affiliated with to the wolves, you trade them away and you wait on your QB so that you get to pick who it is. Like that's the rational approach. I think you're seeing that now. Like, I mean, look, the, the real problem is like, you don't have the assets to build around Justin Fields in a way where he could be good. So it's like, I kind of get the Jaquan Brisker pick. I get the Kyler Gordon pick. Those are good players. Vilas Jones, very questionable taking a special teamer in the third round, but I mean, I, I like their picks. And I think honestly, the player, the teams that won the draft are teams that just really have like a sustainable thing going Ravens Eagles. And it's like, it's hype as fuck that Joe Douglas worked at both of those places and he could potentially bring that here. So what the hell are the Patriots doing? Why did they just spend a fourth round pick on Bailey Zappi? Is Sam Howell still not drafted? <laughs> no, Sam I'm Howell. I'm telling you right you. now, Bill Belichick is trying to burn that place down on his way out. I'm telling you, Dude. like this is stuff. This is like him going. Dude, right, I'm, I'm allegedly. I don't but want people coming after me. Okay, if the Jets lose to the Patriots this year, I'm actually going to be upset for the first time, and I don't know how long. Do you oh, guys? Can I ask you guys a question? Do you feel good about where we are with our safety group? No. No. I, not at all. I feel like Lamarck, mm. if Lamarcus Joyner can hold it down and stay healthy for that year, yeah. I think he's a good, you know, stopgap and one year guy until we actually find our player next season. 
you know, maybe in free agency as well. I'm not, I don't know who's going to be available, but no, it's definitely, I definitely wanted them to bring in more of a single high guy. They lost out on Marcus Williams. I thought that would be a priority, but listen, the guys who they probably would have targeted, you know, were, were sniped. So, I mean, you know, Daxton yeah. Hill, um, scene, you know, and then I, I, I feel like they probably contemplated Petrie, but I think that Brees Hall, when they, when they didn't go after Melvin Gordon this offseason, that should have been the writing on the wall right there that they were going to attack running yeah. back heavy in this draft. I think, you know, we're watching draft day. You know, they say that guy, no matter what, what well, was Brees Hall, no matter what. That's what I think. And I, I, Joe Douglas made it happen. And if I could see him right guy. now, I would give him a, like, dude, I would hug Joe Douglas, like, so far. You'd have no idea. Like, that guy, <laughs> he would have to get a restraining order against me, right? Do you see how happy that, like, if you, like, look, and I, I know it's, who cares? These guys should be happy. Like, it'd be weird if you're not happy with who you drafted. But they feel really good about, you know, where they're at. The one thing I was thinking about, and I've thought about this for the last, I guess, 48 hours, is, like, how many more picks does Kyle Hamilton fall before Joe Douglas thinks about going do we do the same move up for the Jermaine? Like, I know, like we all talked about Kyle Hamilton at four and 10 was bad value, but like if he fell one or two more picks, like Kyle Hamilton at 18, theoretically speaking, like would have been kind of cool for the jets. It doesn't matter. Obviously. I mean, I love the pick for the Ravens. Like the Ravens draft is just like, every, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like they, Oh, the center safety and D tackle aren't important. Well, who cares? Cause they got three really good players. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I actually want to hit on the, I would say the thing that I really like how the jets roster is built at the moment. And I do think this is one of the more talented rosters they've had in a while. If all these draft prospects are as good as I personally think they are, I would say the spine of this team, which you talk about, like going through the center of like on their defense is probably the biggest cause for concern. Cause I wouldn't say they're set at defensive tackle linebacker. This might be the blessed year of CJ Mosley and safety. While I like Jordan Whitehead, like asking Lamarcus Jordan to play 15 games is I think going to be a big reach. I don't think Will Parks can play. I think everyone on this podcast has given up on Ashton Davis. So I do think that's probably the one final piece of the puzzle uh, in regards to the defense that they, you, you want that spine to be a little more concrete and compact, but at the end of the day, the jets got better and the jets are fun and the jets when they're bad are normally not fun. So that's a very reassuring thing. I think it would be hard for them to kind of fill every single hole in one off season, but the fact is they almost did. Right. So we have to expect there's going to be some problems in, in certain areas and, and, and there is right. We would love to get that kind of more of that free safety, you know, more of that run stuffing interior defensive lineman. But I think, Joe, they're not finished. We got free agency. We got undrafted free agency. Joe Douglas is definitely going to find some gems. I believe in him. Yeah, they, you have to remember that the Patriots um, are known for this as well. But the comp picks, starting tomorrow, any picks, you, any guys you sign does not affect comp picks. So um, we're going to probably wrap with this. We'll have, um, you know, one more kind of recap of, you know, the weekend overall, obviously, where everything kind of settles. Um but obviously been a lot of fun kind of dealing some of this crossover stuff and I've uh, been waiting to do this for a while. So uh, make sure you guys are, you know, Badlands and there's a ton of stuff. Connor and Joe have been cranking out. I think Joe and, uh, and Dan just recorded a Badlands episode. So you have that, you have this, um, you know, there, there's a lot of fun stuff in the timeline. We'll, we'll talk to you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later and hope you, uh, you know, have some adult beverages after a fun draft weekend. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.